What is up, basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of the Ball Never Lies podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan Fishman. I want to thank you all for tuning in. So I'm recording this on Tuesday night. We'll be released Wednesday a.m. So uh, just a little, just had to tell you that just because I am going to be discussing some of Monday night's games and the things that happened uh, during those those games. A little bit of Tuesday night's games but not too much as they're only being played as i'm recording so talk a little bit about the scores and and whatever else um today's episode is mostly going to be on some of the news that's been going around in the nba some demarcus Cousins stuff timberwolves firing their head coach uh new news that came out on the all-star reserve so i i, I talk about all the guys that were selected to be an all-star reserve um, and then I am doing a six part segment. So each new episode is going to have a little, uh, a little bit on this is going to be dissecting the divisions. So tonight's episode, this episode is going to be starting with the Atlantic division, which is probably the most competitive division in the Eastern conference. So look forward to that. And then another segment I, I wanted to start doing on the, on the podcast, since we're talking about basketball I also want to bring light to some some people that maybe don't get the shine that they deserve or guys that do, but who are really standing out uh, in, in this specific week. So I'm going to start doing the player of the week, my player of the week, or if a guest comes on their player of the week as well. So that's pretty much the, the roundup of this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. So uh, by the way, this is going to be a solo pod. So please bear with me. Uh, you're gonna have to hear my voice for 40 minutes long, so I hope uh, I hope you're okay with that. Uh, so here I am, uh, Jordan Fishman. Hope you guys enjoy. Whoa, whoa, they be like, who that there balling on the coat? That's cold, whoa, oh, like why he always go? Oh no, there he go, putting numbers on the phone. Whoa, oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa, whoa, they be like, who that there balling on the coat? That's cold, whoa, oh. So today, um, obviously tonight's episode, there's a few things going on around in the league. Uh, most notably, uh, we saw today that um, the Houston Rockets have allowed uh, DeMarcus Cousins, they let him go. Uh, he cleared waivers, which means that any team aside from the Clippers and the um, Milwaukee Bucks can pick him up. That is obviously due to the hard cap that both those teams have. So obviously that's a big thing. And honestly, I can think of potentially one team that would, I think, benefit a lot from having a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, even though he hasn't produced on the same level as he did in his all-star seasons or whatever. But honestly, when you're coming back from the injuries that he's come back from, I think he's still a respectable player. And the team I'm actually thinking about is the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they're looking for a center. DeAndre Jordan, look, He's not the same guy that he used to be. Um, it, it just happens as you get older. The, the hops that you have fade a little bit. And I think as far as just a big man goes, DeMarcus Cousins is still, like I said before, he's a respectable guy. Uh, he could shoot from outside, which is great for them to space the floor even more, allow all these guys to just do their thing. So as far as that goes, I really think that uh, – that would be a great situation for him. I think, honestly, that's probably what he's looking for. Potentially, we saw also today Hassan Whiteside is, is probably going to get moved. So they can also look into getting Hassan Whiteside. 
I don't know how much that benefits them because he's primarily, you know, he does well in the offensive end, but a lot of the times we see from him is kind of empty stats. So I don't know how well, how much that benefits Brooklyn in that sense, but another team that could use both those guys right now, considering that Anthony Davis is currently not playing and we're not exactly sure how long he's going to be out for would be the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I know that Cousins was playing for the Lakers last season or quote-unquote playing, barely played, whatever. Um, But maybe they could use him right now. And even if Anthony Davis comes back, you know, we've seen those two guys play together. It might work. I mean, the only thing is that they do have Montrezl Harrell and Marcus All, so I don't really know how that works. I don't necessarily think the Lakers need another big man. But with Anthony Davis out and the uncertainty and timeline of when he's supposed to come back, it could be beneficial for the team to go ahead and grab a, a big guy just to, obviously you're not going to like replace Anthony Davis and, and the production that he has on the court, but someone who can alleviate some of the things that maybe Montrez or Gasol aren't really doing for them. So look in the, look in the upcoming days, weeks potentially of a team signing DeMarcus Cousins I would actually hope to see Brooklyn I I really want to see someone compete obviously it's well documented that I don't want the Lakers to win so um, you know I would hope that Brooklyn maybe picks up Cousins I think it does really good for them I know they need another big guy ideally they would have kept Jared Allen Uh, I think they panicked in the trade and let him go ideally Jared Allen would be their center right now but obviously that's not the case So I do think if they were to pick up cousins, that would be pretty beneficial for them. Just a tough guy. Again, stretch the floor. Uh, I would really like to see it. I don't know if you guys agree. If you do, let me know if not, well, whatever. Um, So we also saw that the Timberwolves fired their coach, Ryan Saunders. Now I don't really know. I, I, you know, I listened to a few podcasts today and, you know, I, I, I get my own opinion on it because I understand if the team's not performing well that, you know, things need to be changed. And the coach that they hired, Chris Finch, is a very respectable coach, assistant coach for the Pelicans last season, uh, was working for the Raptors. He was under contract, so I found it weird that they were able to hire him as a head coach. But I don't really, you know, get into the whole business side of the NBA and stuff like that. I don't understand it to the fullest. So whatever, they have him. But at the same time, that team hasn't been healthy. I, I saw a stat uh, where, you know, obviously Russell and Towns are on the same team, but they've only played in like four or five games together. So when your two best, I mean, best players, ultimately like Carl, Carl Towns is definitely the best player on the team, but D'Angelo is a very solid point guard, great shooter, um, does a lot of things on the court, good passer. I think that him and Kat would have been able to do some, some stuff. When you have your two best players not playing on the team, it's especially with an, you know, a rookie and and Anthony Edwards coming, coming out. I don't think anyone really expected them to do super well at the beginning, especially if you have your two players not playing together. Well, I really don't know what the head office expected. So I kind of feel bad for the guy, but again, maybe the culture, all these different things. If you're losing games, I feel like there's always going to be a fall guy. And unfortunately, most of the times uh, that has to be the head coach. 
I felt the same way with the Pelicans, for example. I felt like Gentry last season was kind of the fall guy and the fact that they were losing games in the bubble. But, you know, Zion at the time wasn't really in good shape. The team just looked not prepared. So, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for head coaches who kind of just get fired for when their teams aren't doing well. I don't necessarily always think it's the coach. I think sometimes it's it's effort. It's a bunch of variables, I think. But anyway, so that's kind of the, the two biggest um, stories right now. We also, uh, I know in the intro of the episode, you know, I didn't really uh, get into this, but we finally have the all-star reserves named. And, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with the all-stars named. I think that um, especially for the Western conference that everyone is deserving. I mean, you, you can't tell me Damian Lillard's not deserving, arguably should have had a starter spot. It's weird. People bring up the fact that he's third in MVP in the MVP race, but he wasn't an all-star starter. So it's a bit odd. So Damian Lillard, of course, should be in the all-star game. He's having an amazing season. He's without his second best player and CJ McCollum, and he still has the Blazers at a very respectable um, spot in the, in the Western conference, very high in the Western conference. So he's been killing it. They've been winning a bunch of games. So definitely deserves to be in there. And this one was a bit weird. I, I feel like, like, yes, I feel like for the jazz Donovan Mitchell seems like their most important player, him and Gobert, of course, you, you know, but you can argue Conley, uh, who's having a really good season as well. So, but obviously I think Donovan Mitchell just being the young guy and kind of taking control of the team and doing a bit of everything. Uh, he definitely deserves the spot. Again, you could argue Mike Conley could have had it, but I think just with the whole narrative of the NBA, you're not capable of putting Conley over Donovan Mitchell for that team. It just doesn't make much sense. It's, more or less Donovan Mitchell's team and he's leading them, um, you know, with Gobert and Conley and everything else. So it was kind of clear that Donovan Mitchell was going to get that spot over Conley. Another guy, and it's crazy, a guy who missed out on a few all-star games then last year with the OKC Thunder uh, brings them to a, you know, a playoff spot, Chris Paul, and he's having another great season. Um, this Phoenix Suns are like are, are destroying it right now. They're having a great season. They already have uh, almost as many. They have an insane amount of wins. It's just you know they're they're doing so well, and I'm super happy for them. Super happy for Devin Booker. I think he finally is. Um, you know him being in the playoffs, which obviously they're a playoff team. Uh, I'm really happy for him. But Chris Paul is just having a phenomenal season. He's he's controlling the pace of the offense and everything that's working on offense is going through him. Yes, Devin Booker is being the scorer that he's always been, but at the end of the day, Chris Paul is really the guy that's taking the horns and leading the Phoenix Suns to the to the record that they have now. So I, I think it would be hard to argue against Chris Paul. He's still showing that he's one of the top point guards in the league, and I don't think you can really argue that at all. So... I'm very happy for Chris Paul too. Uh, you know, a guy kind of, I wouldn't say resurgence, but again, he was forgotten in a few all-star games. He, you know, when he was with Houston, wasn't super appreciated. Like I think he should have been. So uh, very happy for Chris Paul and also the Phoenix Suns in general. And so the next guy we saw Paul George and Paul George is having a phenomenal season. All the, all the shit that he got from the bubble and how he played. 
I look, I don't know how these, these things affect people mentally. I, I don't know how I would feel if I was stuck in the same spot for two, three months without my family or anything else, having to stick to one place, seeing the same people all the time for two, three months, I could, that can weigh heavily on someone. So I'm not going to sit and judge Paul George for his performance in the bubble, but he's having an amazing season, both him and Kawhi. So again, you can't argue against Paul George. I think he's just having a better season than a guy like Devin Booker, for example. He, he He's shown all season the skills that you know he has, and the Clippers are doing great. They're better than the Phoenix Suns right now, so you have to take Paul George. And finally, uh, Rudy, well, not finally, but Rudy Gobert. Um, I know he's been, uh, he's been, you know, kind of slept on slightly. And I know Shaq was hating on him too, but he's huge to that part of the offense. I mean, sorry, the defense, defensive player of the year, potentially. So, you know, I don't know how you could argue that. And, and offensively, look, he doesn't score so many points for you, but the team really relies on him and they're the best team in the league. So you're going to have your two best players from that team who are performing at a high level to be in the all-star game. It just makes sense. So there's not much to talk about that. Now this guy in Anthony Davis, I don't actually know if he'll play. I doubt he'll play since he's been injured, but he's still deserving of an all-star spot. The Lakers are doing amazing. He was doing great. Not as good as last season, I will say. I feel like he's kind of taken a bit of more of a backseat than he did last season to LeBron and uh, maybe saving his energy for the playoffs, but still having a great season nonetheless. But he's going to be he's injured, so I don't think he's going to be playing. And last but not least, we have Zion Williamson. And, you know, first all-star appearance, he's having a ridiculous season, shooting 60-something percent from the field averaging 26 points a game or whatever it is it's just nuts as someone who watches pretty much all pelicans games at first i was a bit hesitant on on saying how good zion was just because i felt like the defensive end was was a problem so yeah sure i was happy that he was scoring the offensive end but if the defensive end if he was just getting scored on then it didn't really matter but now he's kind of showed the effort a bit more on defense. So honestly, I think he deserves the spot. Would I have liked to see Brandon Ingram in the spot for sure? But I just think there's so many good players in the Western Conference that unfortunately some guys are going to get left out. And I hate when people call it snubs because I wouldn't necessarily say it's snubs. It's just so many players in the league right now are performing at such a high level that, you know, it's hard sometimes the person that you feel should be in there shouldn't actually be in there. And, and your personal feelings are getting in the way of that a little bit. So like I said, I would have liked to have CBI in there, but I think Zion deserves it just as much and he's having a great season. So congrats to him. So that was the Western conference and the Eastern conference. We have James Harden. There's not much to say. there. having a great season. One of the best players in the NBA, you know, he's killing it. And without Durant, him and Kyrie are, are playing some amazing games, beating a bunch of good teams, did a really good job on a, on a Western conference, um, <clears throat> on a Western conference uh, stint. So good for them. Of course, I'm, I'm happy Brooklyn is, is meshing. And again, I hope they get to DeMarcus cousins, Jalen Brown. I think he deserves it. Great season. Celtics aren't doing as good as everyone, you know, kind of expected, but at the end of the day, he's still having an amazing season. Him and Jason Tatum are a, a crazy duo in the league. And the progression of Jalen Brown uh, being the scorer that 
Uh, we weren't sure he was going to be, but he's definitely um, improved a lot on that end and is able to create his own shot at a very high rate. So happy for him. Zach Levine destroying it with the Bulls. I mean, the, the scoring is ridiculous. He's he's a pure scorer. The shot is is going in. He's doing amazing. I'm very happy for him. I've always liked him. I felt he kind of got a you know a bad deal for the, the Timberwolves back in the day. And, uh, you know, he scores the ball at such an amazing rate. And the Bulls are actually doing pretty well, all things considered. I mean, obviously not one of the better teams in the league, but, you know, they're doing pretty well for the roster. And I think him and Kobe White can do some things together. Then we have Ben Simmons, one of the best defensive players in the league. Can't doubt that. I I don't love him as a player. I think offensively, there's a few things that are missing. But at the end of the day, you have to take in a whole game into consideration. And it's also what people want to see in there. Like he's a great passer. He's definitely going to have some exciting plays in the all-star game. So why not have him there? So, and especially him being on, you know, one of the best teams in the East, you kind of have to have him in there. So it's just what it is. Jason Tatum, other guy on the Celtics, huge uh, participant, you know, for how the Celtics are doing him and Jalen Brown obviously are supposed to be the future of the Celtics and they're doing a decent job. I think they're missing out on Gordon Hayward a bit. Uh, Kemba is not playing super well, but Jason Tatum is having an amazing season. Uh, great scorer, obviously. And uh, there's, there's really not much else to say about that. I'm very happy for this guy, Julius Randall, and even the Knicks, you know, I'm not even a huge Knicks fan, but it's good to see them doing well. Definitely a historical franchise and it's good to see them back kind of, I I don't know if they're going to stick to being uh, a kind of playoff contender, but with the way Julius Randle is playing, uh, I I think they have a chance. So uh, very exciting to see that. And I'm really happy for Julius as a Laker fan or previous Laker fan or whatever, when he was drafted by the Lakers, I was very happy, um, you know, to see him doing well. Unfortunate, he broke his leg in his first season, but when he came back, he was playing really well, and, and I liked him a lot, so good for him. And then we got Vooch. Uh, Magic are, are actually, you know, again, the Eastern Conference is, um, I think, more competitive than in, in past years. I think we have a lot of teams doing really well overall in the league, which is really nice to see as an NBA fan because most of these games that maybe we wouldn't think are competitive are, are being competitive, so that's good. And Vucevic is having an amazing season. So I'm happy to see that uh, he's uh, getting the spot. So those are the reserves for the all-star game. I know I really didn't discuss that. I was going to talk about them in the intro, but I figured why not? Um, So we discussed a bit of the news, some of the all-star stuff. Uh, So I wanted to just touch on last night's games a little bit, just because I thought they were super interesting. So we had, we had um, the Washington Wizards beat the Los Angeles Lakers. And I was pretty pissed off about this because I had the Lakers in a, I think a four or five game parlay. Uh, and this is the one game that I lost on Wizards win in overtime. And, and sure. And, and I said, I think at the beginning of the season that I think the Wizards could be a playoff team, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. If that works, that will be amazing. And they're missing out on Thomas Bryant, but a lot of things going wrong. And it didn't look very good for the Wizards for, you know, a big portion of the season. But now this is their fifth game in a row. 
I know the Lakers don't have Anthony Davis, but with how bad the Wizards have been, this was still a, a, a game that the Lakers, I think, in my opinion, should have won. Didn't happen, but still, I think Bradley Beal's finally happier. If, if Russ can continue games like he did yesterday and the role players can can do their job, I think the Wizards still have the talent to, to do some stuff in the Eastern Conference. Mavericks beat the Grizzlies. I mean, look, uh, Porzingis isn't playing as good as he could be. I think, um, you know, there's a knock on the fact that he's not really in the post too much and relies a lot on his three-point shot, a shot that used to be a lot more reliable that is not as much reliable anymore. He's not shooting it at a very high percentage from three this season, which is uh, hard to see, but you can just tell in his movement, he's not moving the same ways that he used to move. And, it's just looking a bit rough for him and it's not like he's not playing. It's it's, he's not playing bad, but he's just not the Porzingis that we first saw in New York, even in his second season, you know, not, you know, the guy who can, can jump out of nowhere and poster someone. You're just not seeing that too much from him. Um, So hopefully the shooting comes up and, and whatever, but Doncic obviously is Luka Doncic. He had an, okay game i mean for him considering 21 points seven rebounds five assists is not like a typical luca game he didn't shoot well from the free throw line went eight for 18 from the field three for 10 from three so that's not a great game for luca in the slightest and they still were able to pull out a win against the grizzlies team that has john morant so you know i'm not super worried about dallas i think that they'll still be able to make the playoffs i'm just worried a bit about how much they rely on Luca to score. And I think over time that really puts a lot of pressure mentally, but also physically on a guy like Luca, who we could see, I think coming into this season, wasn't the most in shape or as in shape as he was last season. So we have to, I think the, the Mavericks are going to have to be a little careful. So hopefully Porzingis can kind of pick up a bit more of the load up and, um, you know, just, just do the right things and uh yeah so houston is losing they've i don't know i think they've won they've lost like eight games in a row chicago bulls they uh they beat them zach levine obviously played really well you know i think with this whole cousins thing john wall is having a good season but obviously it's not going to be be great you know he's he's getting older he's not the same guy that he used to be and Christian Wood, of course, is playing really good, but they don't have a lot of pieces. Their bench, I don't think, is is very good. So I think they're definitely going to be in for a rough awake, a rude awakening for the for the most part. Miami Heat beat the OKC the OKC Thunder. I think we kind of expected this. I think the Thunder at one point were pretty close to keeping it, and then in the fourth quarter, the Heat just kind of took ran away with it. Uh, it's to be expected. Uh, you know, I think now finally the Heat are going to be a lot better. They finally have a full roster. So I, I just think with Jimmy Butler back, I think they're going to find a way to get some wins, especially against the team in the Thunder that um, they're playing really well for a team that everyone thought wouldn't be relevant. And I find that they're winning some games that potentially, you know, no one thought they would win, but the heat kind of came out with this and and that was it. And then of course we have the Phoenix suns versus the trailblazers. Like I said, Dame is without CJ. So it's going to be very tough for him. 
but Phoenix just had an amazing game, winning by 32, a big blowout. You know, you had Booker go off for 34 points. Chris Paul, wow, had a really bad game, but still doesn't matter. DeAndre Ayton had a good game. The percentages were really good. And like I said, Booker just just went off uh, realistically, uh, 34 points, 12 for 17 from the field. And he had a good game. Dario Saric, nice 12 points. Uh, And we also had the Utah Jazz beat the Hornets. Now, I'm really excited about the Hornets. I love what's going on with them. I think Terry Rozier is having an amazing season. And uh, I love watching them. They're so fun to watch. Their announcers go crazy every time they make a nice play. So that makes it a bit more exciting. But this was obviously going to be a Utah win, the best team in the league. And what they're doing offensively, defensively is just almost unmatched at this point in the season. I know they lost a couple nights ago, but against a team like Charlotte, that's still trying to figure it out, still with a bunch of young guys. There was I I, I didn't see any chance of Charlotte winning against Utah. So those are last night's games. Uh, again, I'm recording this on Tuesday night, so that was Monday night's games. And while I'm recording this right now, we have um, we have the Toronto Raptors losing by 13 to the Sixers in the third quarter. The Mavericks are down by one against Boston. The Hawks and the Cleveland Cavaliers are tied. The Pistons are beating the Magic by 17. The Knicks are up by four against Golden State. Brooklyn is up by six against Sacramento. And the Bucks are up by one right now with and against Minnesota with the Portland Trailblazers against the Nuggets coming at 10 o'clock, the Washington Wizards and the Clippers coming also at 10 o'clock. So look forward to those games. If I had to choose, I do think the Nuggets are going to win. And obviously I do think the Clippers are going to take it. That's what I have uh, for the games that are going on right now. Uh, so again, I, I did want to look a bit more into the standings and dissect each division and things that are going on in that. So I want to start with the Atlantic division with uh, so right now, the way it is, we have the Sixers in first Nets second Toronto, Boston, New York. So this is a pretty competitive con uh, division right now. Like I said, Sixers are on first and at the beginning of the season with the way they were playing and the way Embiid was playing uh, in contrast to the way Brooklyn was playing, especially on the defensive end, I definitely thought that the Sixers were going to take this division. Now we're seeing Brooklyn really step it up and they're, they have like an 11 and two, 11 and three record against teams above 500. So they're beating really good teams and they're kind of getting it now because their defense doesn't need to be elite. It just needs to be average. And I think that's what we're seeing from them right now is an average defensive team and they're pulling out games and they're winning them. So, and I think they're probably going to have another win tonight. So I definitely can see Brooklyn end up taking the conference. I mean, sorry, the division over the Sixers and uh, Philly coming in second. We are seeing the Raptors starting to play a lot better. A lot of people were hitting on them at the beginning of the of the season and they weren't playing well whatsoever. But at the end of the day, with a coach like Nick Nurse, who's is honestly a genius at what he does, and they do have great personnel. Kyle Lowry is needed. Friend Van Vliet is needed. Pascal Siakam needed. Even a guy like Norm Powell, who isn't a big name at all, is needed for this team. So when it all comes together and they're playing well, 
They're a really good team. They're really well coached. I think they're tough to beat. Excuse me. Very tough to beat. And uh, I'm happy for them. I really thought a lot of people doubted them because quite honestly, they don't really have stars on their team. It's just a collective group of guys that play really well together and the chemistry is on point, which I felt like the Raptors were almost always like that. Except if you take a guy like Kawhi, or, or okay, fine, they had DeRozan, but DeRozan wasn't this like huge named superstar when he was in Toronto. He was he was very good and he did really well, but he wasn't on like the top tier level. I think Kawhi is probably their biggest name they've had since Vince Carter. I know Chris Bosh did really well also, but as far as a name goes and like popularity goes, I feel like Kawhi was probably their most popular player. So um, I'm very happy for Toronto. Do I see them making it past the first round in the playoffs? I don't necessarily think so. They're going to have to do something because, look, they won the championship. They lost a, a few guys. And, look, they can be respectable and they can be a playoff team, but I don't know how much the team is going to want to do that, especially with Lowry kind of being an older guy. Maybe eventually he's going to want to go to another team, maybe a contender that can use a guy with his skill set. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't envision this roster staying together for that much longer. I definitely think there's going to be some moves that uh, Ujiri is going to make. I guess we'll see. There were talks that maybe they try and get Andre Drummond. I don't know if there's any news on that or, or how far that's gone. I don't necessarily think that would be a great option for them either, but I guess we'll see. I think they can surprise us which is why we're not seeing any rushed trades or anything else because of the fact that they have Nick Nurse who can really coach a win. You know, like, yes, personnel is super important, but I think Nick Nurse is a coach that's capable of stealing a win for your team. And we're seeing that he's done that multiple times with his schemes and everything else. And again, the personnel, Van Vliet's playing really well. So, you know, I like watching them and I'm happy for them. I just don't know the future of the team. As of right now, they're third in the Atlantic division. They're fifth in the Eastern conference. So they really came back and I'm happy to see that the Celtics. Now I know I discussed Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both guys playing extremely well and they're two super talented guys. And I think if they had a Kemba, who was 90% of superstar Kemba, all-star Kemba, they would be fine. But Kemba is really struggling. And against good defensive teams, he's not scoring the ball anywhere close to how he used to score the ball. Sure, in games against Atlanta, for example, where Trey Young is guarding him. And not to shit on Trey, but they're not a great defensive team. So he can score. But against good defensive teams, Kemba is not playing well. And they really need that. I know they're missing Marcus Smart. But again, I, you know, I listen to Bill Simmons' podcast a lot. And he's a huge Celtics fan. And even him as a Celtics fan understands that Marcus Smart is not going to be a... He's going to be a, a difference maker, but not an insane amount of difference where they take this... Uh, you know, fourth in the Atlantic division to a championship contender. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with them. You know, I'd love to see Kemba do better, but 
he's not scoring very well. He's not, he's having very low averages. They're four and six in their last 10 games. It's just not looking super good for the Boston Celtics. And if I was a Celtics fan, I'd be slightly nervous. They don't really have a big guy. Even if they do make the playoffs, you know, you're going to have to go through Joel Embiid and Bam Adebayo and or Giannis. You know, there's, there's very talented bigs in the Eastern conference. And I don't think any of their bigs in, um, Robert Williams and Daniel Tice is going to be close to stopping those guys. So they need to look to do something. I know they have a trade exception. I don't know what they're going to do with that. I guess we'll see, but obviously I think they're very under, they're underperforming for what I think most people thought would happen, especially with two talents like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So I guess we'll see. I, uh, I would like them to do well. Again, I don't want to see any team lose or, or not perform, but I just don't see uh, right now for this season, at least I don't see what they can do to really get themselves going. I feel like their offense is a bit more stagnant than normal. So uh, again, I'm not a coach, also not a GM. So it's easier for me to say, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they have plans. Maybe this is kind of a whole you know, strategy into keeping their players a bit more for rest or anything else, which I think is going to be a huge thing in this season, in this season, even though we're seeing, I know off topic LeBron play like some of the most minutes he's ever played in his career, but the Celtics, I'm a bit worried for them. Up next, we, we have New York Knicks who are surprising everyone. I think most people thought that, Oh, sorry. I'm, yeah, the New York Knicks. They're, they're fifth in the division. They're surprising everyone. They're in the seventh seed right now in the playoffs. And I don't think anyone envisioned this. Because realistically speaking, in the offseason, they didn't do that much. And I really think this just is showing from progression in, in already in already existing in the ro- in the roster in RJ Barrett in Julius Randle, Obi Toppin's playing pretty well. Kevin Knox is playing well. They're just all having much better seasons. I think Tom Thibodeau, this is like the perfect team for these young guys because he stresses defense. He stresses hard work. He wants guys to come in. Uh, We're seeing Maxi or quickly, sorry, Uh, Maxi, stupid. We're seeing quickly play really well um, as a rookie. So, I mean, and so I was also, I know I, I mentioned all the podcasts that I listened to, but I was listening to the JJ Reddick podcast and Julius Randall was on as a guest. And uh, he was just saying how everyone on the team just really wants to work after, you know, traveling and everything like optional shoot arounds or whatever, like team, the team is in there shooting, practicing, trying to get better and I think that has a lot to do with the Thibodeau culture. Obviously, it wouldn't be a Thibodeau team without bringing Derrick Rose in. And Derrick Rose, you know, he's kind of had, he's had his resurgence. He's playing really, you know, really well. He was doing good for the Pistons. I think it was an, uh, you know, a trade that worked out well for New York. Uh, I know he had said that he wanted to go to a team that was, you know, could compete for a championship. But hey, shit happens. And uh, look, they have Austin Rivers. He's, he's, you know, he's Austin Rivers. He's a good role player. 
but he's had a few games. I think Frank Nilakita is a decent player. He's not amazing, but the team is doing pretty well. They're 15 and 16 right now, and that's pretty respectable. I think they have almost more wins already than they did all of last year. So good for the New York Knicks, good for the for the city of New York, for the franchise. I think that that city must be uh, extremely happy with, with what Thibodeau's doing. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Do I, do I necessarily think that it's going to continue and lead them into a playoff spot? No, I don't, I don't think so, but I definitely could be wrong. I've been wrong before. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, so, so there's my, uh, my, my Eastern conference. Again, this can be a six part segment. I will do the central division uh, next episode, just briefly discussing those teams. Um, as far as my, my player of the week, I, I didn't really put a lot of thought into it just because there's so many guys that are playing extremely well, but like, I just love and maybe a bit biased, but I just love what Terry Rozier is doing for the um, for the Charlotte Hornets. I, I don't know. He's had a few games where he's just playing really well, and I feel like Boston could have used him a lot. So uh, I know it doesn't maybe not go with like player of the week. I'm sure there's a bunch of players that are playing better than Terry Rozier. But I feel like it's a very he's a very underrated guy. I know he has his games where he doesn't show up and all the all that stuff. But I just feel like he's he's playing pretty well. You know, against Utah, he didn't have a great game. But the night before against Golden State, thirty six points against the Spurs, thirty three against Minnesota, forty one against Memphis, thirty four. So you know, that's all in a span of 12 days. So, I mean, the only game that he didn't have a super great game was against, was against Utah um, last night. But other than that, so uh, he's my player of the week, just because I feel like he, he deserves some shine. I feel like the whole Boston thing. uh, I know he was obviously a backup to Kyrie, but once they made that Charlotte trade, uh, you know, I guess Rozier had to go too, but I just feel like the Celtics actually could have really used a guy like Rozier this year. And considering that Kemba and all his injuries and stuff, not, not playing super well for them. So that's my player of the week. Uh, this, the podcast for this week, I know it's a bit shorter than normal, but Hey, I'm by myself. So it's kind of tough. Plus I don't really know if you want to hear me specifically speak for an hour straight. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And um, if, if, you know, if you, if you want to include anything or ask me anything or, or give me your opinions on anything, feel free to let me know. Uh, and yeah, so here that that's the episode. Appreciate you guys listening. So there you have my episode with the one and only myself. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know it's not necessarily the same as I usually do. I also do enjoy having guests on. It makes it, if I'm going to be completely frank, a bit easier, of course, because I'm not you know, going off on a monologue for, for 40 minutes or what have you. But sometimes it just happens that way. So um, it is what it is. Can't do much about it. Uh, nevertheless, I hope you guys enjoyed it. 
if you know if you did enjoy it or you're enjoying the podcast as a whole i would really appreciate you know maybe a comment five star rating on apple podcasts a like a follow on wherever you get your podcasts from i did make a youtube channel which i will be uploading the video con the videos for my podcast episodes on youtube so if you prefer that if you prefer that platform go subscribe on youtube videos are going to come out uh every week just like the podcast episodes do so uh again if that's where you prefer to listen to stuff then go over and head over there uh i really you know again i do appreciate anyone who has some feedback for me or some some suggestions i know i i do this mostly for myself because ultimately i don't have a a, a super wide audience at the moment but I would like the listeners who do listen to have the best experience possible when listening. So if you have any suggestions for me, I do, I would really appreciate it to make this a better podcast. Um, if you have any guests that you think would be interesting that you could, you know, you know, be the plug for, well, I'd also very much welcome that, uh, would never go against that. So if you guys are liking the podcast, told you wherever you can get it. Uh, if you want to message me or follow me on Instagram, uh, the ball never lies podcast on Instagram, uh, or my private account fish out of water with two F's. The YouTube channel is ball never lies pod. I already have one video up my last week's episode with Ariel. And, uh, this recent episode will be up, uh, probably by the end of this evening. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know I went on a little rant here at the end of this, but, um, you know, I'm going to continue to grind and continue to do this. Uh, still got some things to work on. Uh, you know, this isn't super easy to do, but just trying to make it the best product that I can make it. So bear with me. Hopefully we'll get there. And I think we will eventually. Uh, but until then, everyone just remember the ball never lies.